Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 181. Jason Lingren is with me as he always is. And today we have Matt Landman back. And thanks to Rose for doing the back research. I can tell you all uh, here's the episodes where Matt Landman has appeared on Crow Triple Seven Radio. Episode 27, I introduced Matt as a real activist on geoengineering. There's another word for that, but I won't say an hour one. On episode 60, this was the second episode, and it was about Matt Landman's movie Frankenskies and his experience making it. Um, and that's actually, if you go back and you get in there, there's actually a link to the Frankenskies movie on Crow777radio.com if you are a member. He was here on episode 121. This was the first episode we did with Matt Landman on 5G. By the way, we are going to have another new activist uh, named Lena covering 5G, who is also in Matt Landman's neck of the woods. We'll probably put those two together, be a force to be reckoned with. Lastly, episode 144 was an update on geoengineering, and this is the first time Matt mentioned his clothing line, which from a layman's point of view are clothes that basically work like a Faraday cage, but they're trying to repel things like 5G, EMF, I guess we could call it, maybe not. Matt will correct me if I'm wrong. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. Good morning, Crow. All right, we got a lot of ground to cover here. What do we have for the intro? We're still selling tickets for the October 20th event, which is Shoot the Moon NYC. $30 on eventbrite.com. John Brisson will be speaking. Wayne McCroy will be speaking. Mark Devlin will be speaking. We'll be showing Shoot the Moon, and then you and I will do a Q&A afterward. Second, I will be doing a workshop event at the Flat Earth 2019 International Conference in Dallas, Texas, the weekend of November 15th. My workshop is on the social engineering of our worldview, space and space travel. All right, I'll make another mention here. Um, This is episode 181 last week, or by the time this airs, it'll be last week, will be the first time that we've put new music onto the podcast. Here's the reason why. Jason and I own that music. The music that we have been running, I have rights to use, but I showed up on another YouTube channel called The Hot Seat. Photo Helix is actually the proper name, and he does not run ads of any kind, and he ran a very small snippet of my intro music, which I have rights to use, and they copyrighted him claiming ads on a channel that does not run ads, and I've had a damn enough. I've had enough of this nonsense. Google has jumped the shark, and I'm prepping for the day when I don't even use it anymore. But to say the least, we will not be running the music that everyone associates us with for that reason, because I'm not playing the damn game here. It's ridiculous. Anyhow, anything else, Jason? No, let's bring Matt in. All right, man. Mr. Matthew Landman, welcome aboard for the uh, fifth time here. An absolute pleasure, you guys. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for the introduction. I was just 
reflecting upon all of those shows and even doing some of the numerology on the episode numbers 27, <laughs> 7 is 9, 60, 6 plus 0 is 6. But either way, going all the way back to that, I've changed so much. My life as an activist, since I've devoted my life to truth, I've grown leaps and bounds in the past few years since we've done the, all those shows together. So if you do go back and listen to some of these shows, if you listen to this show and then you listen to my first show, you can see that I've basically become a man in this time frame by devoting my life to activism and really learning about myself and the world that we actually live in. So thanks again so much. Well, I, w I would say this, Matt, from the time you and I first met, I was watching your YouTube clips where you walk into city council meetings to try to enlighten these folks about what's coming with 5G and geoengineering. And uh, I've seen you improve and uh, it gives me hope. And when we put you and Lena together, an activist that we'll have on soon that's also covering basically the whole microwave spectrum, 5G and geoengineering, tying it all together as you do, some of these city councils are actually kind of still a form of government, depending on the size of the city. Um, but the truth is, when you walk into these places, they have children, don't they? Um, so they can relate to what you're offering. But where would you like to start here, Matt? Well, I'd like to start with the history of it all, because for the people listening, some of this falls into the realm of science fiction. It's not really in the world of their reality. The talk of these aerosols in the sky, it doesn't really hit home. Even this talk of 5G, it's on the news and it's in the media, but it's not quite yet on their doorstep. So to really sink your teeth in, I'd like to go over a brief history of EMF frequency because when I first came out with Frankenskies, my film, which if you haven't seen it, please visit frankenskiesthemovie.com or check it out on Vimeo or YouTube. Frankenskies is a historical, chronological timeline of the development of the technology that we now see in our skies today, geoengineering, chemtrails, however you want to, whatever word you want to call it, and I don't want to touch those key trigger words because then we'll get censored and whatnot. Sorry, I even use that dirty word, but yeah, don't, don't, don't worry about it too much, Matt. I'm about to do whatever the hell I want on YouTube. I've about had it with this censorship nonsense. Go ahead. Yeah, it's funny for me, especially with censorship. First, I tried to pick and choose my words, but then ultimately it's like I'm here to be myself and speak my truth. So I'm not going to be censored or restricted in any way. So the history of geoengineering, it starts in the 1920s. It really starts in 1912 in San Diego, but the historical footage from our military, U.S. military, my film starts in 1922. And by the time you get to the 1930s in the film Frankenstein, if you still haven't woke up to the lies and treason in our skies today, you'll be able to sink your teeth into it and really just grasp that something is ongoing to see the history to see the development of their, their tools being sharpened. Basically, by the time we got to the 60s, the weather is controlled and we're making a flood over the Ho Chi Minh Trail in Vietnam. But that aside, just, just like that, but even more impactful and close to home is this electromagnetic frequency history, otherwise known as radiation. Over here in the West, in North America, we've given it this fancy word, EMF. And people throw it around and don't even know what it means. But in most countries, they just call it radiation because that's what it is. And I'm going to go over a brief history just so we can sink our teeth in really quick. So microwave sickness, it was first called, was first reported in Germany in 1932. This is not old news. Then later in 1954, the term radio wave sickness was coined as an occupational disease as radar personnel in Germany and in the U.S. started showing symptoms of sterility and baldness. 
So by 1971, the U.S. Naval Medical Research Institute, they had theorized that radio waves could cause these problems, especially sterility. So the U.S. Naval Medical Research Institute concluded in 1971 2,311 studies, which they determined, quote, caused biological effect and clinical manifestation attributed to microwave and radio wave frequency radiation. Basically, radio wave frequencies cause biological harm and manifest in the clinical environment, bringing up clinical manifestations, which is basically illness and disease. So come 1986, we have the Chernobyl meltdown nuclear power plant in USSR, and the global scientific community learned that low-level radiation actually causes harm. Before that, they thought that radiation doesn't cause harm unless it basically heats your body immediately and causes burning. They call, they call that ionizing radiation because the radiation is so strong that it can strip electrons from ions, literally causing heat. So in that same year, 1986, when the Chernobyl meltdown happened and, we, and the scientific global community realized, okay, well, this radiation isn't heating, but it's causing mutation, causing leukemia, causing cancer. So we have to redefine how we actually look at radiation. So that same year, 1986, U.S. launched Project Pandora, Pandora, like Pandora's box where under Eldon Beard, B-Y-R-D, Eldon Bird, they studied EMF. And he concluded and quoted, quote, we can alter the behavior of tissues, cells, organs, and even whole organisms with a six, time, six times higher fetus mortality rate. So in 1986, U.S. governmental research pro project, Project Pantora, Pandora was excited about causing six times higher fetus mortality and realizing that through electromagnetic frequencies that they can actually dictate the behavior of tissues, cells, and actual organisms. So four years later, in 1990, the EPA in the United States drafted a report recommending EMF radiation be classified as a possible carcinogen. They cited 33 conclusive international studies linking EMF to brain tumors, leukemia, all sorts of forms of cancer. And then in 1993, the FDA biologist concluded that there is a definite EMF radiation link. So we've got the FDA, the EPA, these governmental institutions that are supposed to be looking out for our well-being, coming out and saying, yes, EMF causes cancer. What are we going to do? We need to make some laws and rules and have some, some common ground where we agree that this is harmful to human health. So then finally, 1996, the FCC releases a statement, the FCC being the Federal Communications um, Commission. And this is a spectrum auctioning agency. They've never looked out for our health, right? The FDA, yes. The EPA, yes. But never had the FCC. But then in 1996, under the Clinton administration, the FCC releases a statement which forbid the EPA and forbid the FDA from researching EMF and proclaimed that they are now the sole authority on EMF safety. And then in 1996, the Telecommunications Act came out, and that is now our only ruling on health and safety standards for this technology, all the way back to 1996. I mean, if you think about it, we hardly even had the internet then. How can we have our safety standards based on that coming out of a spectrum auctioning agency? So since then, the FCC has been in charge. And fast forward to present day, 
FCC is saying that we can't even, that local municipalities can't even talk about human health impact. So we can go from there and talk about the history and where we're at and the programming and whatnot. But I really wanted people to understand that this is not a new thing. I mean, it's one thing to try to convince newbies that there's weather modification, you know? I mean, even though it's right there hidden in plain sight, it's still hidden. But these cell towers aren't hidden, you know? The, the tech is rolling out right before our eyes, but the programming is telling us that, well, you like your phone now, it's going to be faster and better, and you're going to like it even better soon, and, and nobody's really t- being told the fine print or, or the massive print that this is really going to cause some some serious harm, especially, but not limited to, fertility rates going plummeting. And, and it seems basically to be a depopulation agenda, but we can go there. How's everybody doing? Good. So let, let me add a couple things here, and I will just make a comment about, sure, no, it's bull. Um, that's all I'll say about that. But there is a monument that marks the actual San Diego date uh, that you mentioned that began all this. Where's my San Diegans out there? All you San Diegans are familiar with College Grove Shopping Center right off Highway 94 there in Lemon Grove. If you take the frontage road west away from College Grove, so on your left would be 94, in between you and 94 is College Grove Mall. If you're on that frontage road going to get on the on-ramp when you come to that first stop sign headed west towards Choyas Park, and you're going to get on the freeway, at that stoplight there is a concrete embutment on the right. When the bushes are trimmed, you will see the proud date of their so-called global radio network. So there is the monument, and it's the exact date that Matt Landman just cited. Do you want to get in on this, Jason? Yeah, I looked this up yesterday, Matt, and I'm kind of curious. Is there a different Project Pandora? Because the one that I keep finding is about the 1950s and 60s, and it is about radiation and all that, but it was in regards to... The U.S. Embassy staff in Moscow discovered that they were being targeted with microwave radiation. Oh, amazing. Well, I think it was a conclusive study uh, linked to that one. And yes, that was the very beginning of the Project Pandora. And what was happening in the USSR were we had U.S. diplomats that were being attacked by experimental radio wave technology from the USSR. With the, our diplomats were being bombarded with radio frequency radiation. And we, very early in that attack, learned and decided to do nothing. And what we did instead was study our innocent research subject, unbeknownst to them, and over decades studied how fast we got cancer from this bombardment of radio frequency radiation. And that's how we basically wrote the book on knowing the human health impacts of of light waves of radiation building up and causing cumulative harm. So I think it was an extrapolation of that and a conclusive study that really brought us to the forefront, but based on that USSR uh, research. Well, we're starting to hear, Matt, that much of the bandwidth, if not the entirety of it, is going to fall within the microwave spectrum. We're about to have the guest I mentioned earlier, Lena, who worked with Cal Washington. People may remember that episode. But she refers to the microwave spectrum, the entire bandwidth, as an unnatural frequency. Can you add anything to these ideas? Yes, I can. And for listeners that haven't listened to every show I've ever done, I'll have to recap because I I try to cover this as much as I can. And what it is, is very empowering, inspiring information because 
the actual knowledge and the information, which knowledge is power, is very simple. And the reason why none of us know this is because if we were empowered with the knowledge, we'd be able to do something about it. It's the same reason we, we are indoctrinated and we don't learn about the connection to the seed and life and all these different things. We should be growing up learning about anatomy instead of the Pythagorean theorem and what have you. But I'll break down why microwave size of the spectrum means so much and why the previous technology has nothing to do with how dangerous this microwave tech and 5G is. So just to make it really clear, radio waves are what we as a species have technology traveling on. The radio waves are invisible and they travel through our space and it's literal invisible light. So we have this light spectrum that our eyes can perceive and it's this, this rainbow spectrum, okay? And on each end of the rainbow, there is light that is invisible to our perception. So for instance, there's infrared light and there's ultraviolet light on each side of that rainbow. Just beyond blue light is ultraviolet. Just beyond red light is infrared. And it's based on the actual size, the physical, literal, measurable size of the radio wave. Okay, so for instance, we have AM waves. AM radio waves, they travel at the speed of light, and they're the largest radio wave, carrier wave, that can carry data. The absolute smallest radio wave that can carry data is actually this 5G, one millimeter size wave. The AM wave is rather large. It's actually 1,000 feet in wavelength. All radio waves travel at the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second. That's why they're actually light waves. They have the property of light waves. So I'll back up. So ultraviolet light is invisible because it's slightly smaller. The radio wave is smaller than blue, and it just gets beyond our visual perspective, but it's there. It's, the size is slightly smaller than blue, the ultraviolet, and it burns our skin and it impacts our eyes, and it comes off the sun, but we just can't see it. Infrared light waves, if you make a red light wave slightly larger in wavelength, you get infrared, and again, invisible it's still there and still traveling at 186,000 miles per second. Same thing with AM waves. Travel at the speed of light, invisible, goes through mo most things. It travels through us and buildings and whatnot, and it's essentially harmless unless we live right next to an AM radio tower. FM waves, they're not 1,000 feet, but they're 10 feet tall in wavelength, and they travel great distance. So as the radio wave gets smaller, you have to have more and more cell towers, and Finally, when you get down to a millimeter in size, which is this 5G tech, the claim is that we need a radio wave tower, a cell tower, every 500 to 1,000 feet to propagate this really small wave. Well, the really small wave, which, like you mentioned, is in this microwave spectrum, the size of the wave becomes extremely impactful as you get down to this 5G one millimeter size. As it gets smaller and smaller and smaller, these radio waves our body starts to be confused because it's light waves traveling at 186,000 miles per second. And as they get smaller and smaller and become as small as light waves, our bodies get confused and it starts to throw off our circadian rhythm, our biology, and even our biological clock that dictates how our bodies react to what time of day it is and whether we're creating dopamine or serotonin or melatonin. So as we get impacted by these radio waves, these significant health impacts start to arise. And even the size of the wave 
is so small in this microwave space that our cells get confused and cells start to divide. It's called cellular bifurcation. Literally, cells divide and start to become abnormal growths where they mutate and cancer develops all because of the size of this wave. And if you go back and start to research, well, where did this microwave 5G, one millimeter size wave develop and come from? Well, it's the exact same size wave that's used in body scanners, and it's the exact same size wave that's used in this active denial system, military-grade frequency fence technology that was weaponized when we first went to the Middle East. It was actually designed as a weapon because the size of the wave is actually predatory. It was tuned to the perfect size that it absorbed just below our skin and literally caused skin to burn. First developed as a literal weapon, the ADS system in the Middle East, the active denial system. Well, you can't propagate a 5G wave that burns everyone's skin. Nobody's really going to line up to buy that technology, I don't think. I mean, maybe you could spin it and tell people that the burning means that your car is going to drive faster, and maybe people will line up for the iPhone 27 and burn their skin. But present day, the tech has been modified so it absorbs just below your nerves so that you don't feel it, but it's still absorbing. That's the most primitive, archaic version of the technology that I could possibly imagine because how are you going to have a carrier wave that absorbs into the people and the trees and the plants and the buildings? It's not really a carrier wave. It's more a weapon. A carrier wave would be basically carrying information and not absorbing into everything around you. So the microwave spectrum, as it gets so small, we have to question it and realize that this is actually predatory and impactful. And if you start to look at all the different health implications there, that this is predatory, that this is harmful. So once I take a step back and really absorb it all, no pun intended, I can't help but think that it's, it's a weaponized tech that's nefarious that we all need to become aware of. Let me jump in here, just so people listening, uh, I was a radio operator and a cryptographer in the United States Marine Corps, um, and there are plenty of radios where you were flat out told, don't get near this antenna, don't touch this antenna, don't stand in front of this antenna, more radios than not, as a matter of fact, but let's put this into perspective. So basically what you're saying here is the millimeter-sized wave was already fleshed out as what they call the electric fence. Uh, or the active denial system. I believe another word for that, correct me if I'm wrong, it's the pain wave, isn't that what they call it? So we know that these millimeter waves, as I'll call them, as I'll refer to them, within, I think, within the microwave spectrum, these have already been weaponized. So this is what's been modified slightly to bring us the 5G tech. So I'll ask a simple question here, Matt. This is weaponizable, isn't it? Well, not only is it weaponizable, it seems to be created as a weapon. And yes, it is weaponizable, and we lose all privacy. It's, it's essentially a, a 24-hour monitoring system that causes infertility and cancer. It's basically, or not basically, it is, it will be like living in an airport body scanner for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Everything that we have on our body, every action that we have make will be trackable. But then also when you can dictate the frequency in which everyone lives, once you start to learn about our sensitivities, how we're literal beings of frequency, beings of rhythm, our hearts emit a frequency, our brains emit a frequency, all of our organs, even our cells are electrical, our nervous system, our entire physiology is electrical. And if you can dictate the frequency in which we live, 
you can literally dictate our mood, even our actions. Let me throw this out. You guys remember the Gerson method, Charlotte Gerson, her father, Max, the, one of the first people to cure cancer um, using plant juices, basically. Um, but in one of the books I read, and I'm recalling from memory here, and the reason I'm going to mention this is because I know I have people who are subbed in from Russia. And if you hear this and you're in Russia, maybe you can tell me if it's true or not. In one of Charlotte Gerson's book, and I'm pulling this date from memory, I think it's 1972 or 73, it was claimed that the Russian government recognized that the microwave oven, the frequency was so unhealthy that they banned them in certain parts of Russia. So if you are a Russian listener, um, can you either confirm or deny or add something? Is it true that Russia recognized microwaves were a problem? And I'll ask the simple question. If you are a Russian listener, are microwaves common, commonly used in the United States? Every kitchen has a microwave. I'd like to know if every kitchen in the former Soviet Union has microwaves. But anyhow, I didn't want to get off track. It's all you, Jason. Hey, Mac, can we take a moment to address the scanners in airports, whatever you might know about them? Because I definitely had a very calm altercation with an elderly gentleman one time I was flying out and I corrected him that those things are indeed dangerous, but perhaps you could shed a little more light and info on that. Yes, happily. And it's no surprise that these one millimeter size body scanner frequency wave scanners, they've been banned in multiple countries. And back to what you're saying about Russia, Crow, is I just bounced over to Asia to try to figure all this out. And over on the other side of the world, there's a completely different understanding of EMS. Like I said before, they just call it radiation over there. They don't give it a fancy word. And because a lot of these nations are communist or socialist and their healthcare system is set up completely different, it's not a capitalistic system, where if you're born autistic, it's actually beneficial to big pharma because you're a customer for life. Over there, they don't want people being impacted so severely by this radiation, and the common knowledge is that it's actually harmful. So over abroad, there's actually protective clothing that I've learned about that then I've developed here, and I encourage people to check out my new website, S-P-E-R-O, sparrowprotectionclothing.com. Sparrow is actually a Latin word for hope, and I'm bringing this clothing line to North America, developing this tech that I've learned abroad in Asia, especially, that essentially protects people. I mean, it does. It does exactly that. So the body scanners, I was traveling to Utah to actually try to bring some awareness over there, screening my film and what have you. And I always opt out of that body scanning technology. And as I was doing so, waiting to get my pat down from the TSA and everybody's giving me this weird look because I'm the only one opting out, I literally saw on the side of the body scanner one millimeter size wave scanning machine. It says one millimeter size wave on the actual machine. And so that prompted me to do some research to find out that it is the exact same size carrier wave used in the electric fence that Crow just mentioned, used in the active denial system that I've researched and used in this 5G tech that I've dug up. So I did some research and there's actually whistleblowers that work for the TSA with cancer pockets and they're all having fatigue that are working near these machines and they're claiming that these things are giving them cancer. There's a San Alamos research study where different regions are banning these scanners because these people are getting sick and evidently they've been banned from nations. I've, I read an article saying they're banned throughout all of Europe, but then like a lot of these articles, but then I've 
post them online. Please follow me on Facebook. I've got 44,000 followers on Facebook. And I post the send Alamo's research study banning 5G from all these different regions. And then some places pop up and say, actually, they banned them and then they brought them back. And so it's, it's kind of a mixed opinion. But yes, there are a lot of health implications already arising. And these TSA employees are, are attributing them to the body scanners. I know when I went to Asia, the body scanners didn't exist. You know, some countries acknowledge it and already are aware. Some countries, you know, you've got people that know and they opt out and some people their awareness isn't even there. So I think it's just like anything. It really depends on where you go and whatnot. But if you look at when they came in, we had 9-11, we lost all of our rights and all of a sudden we're being scanned for what a shoe bomb or something like that when that shoe bomber was, was all propagandized anyways. I mean, if you really look at how we get to where we're at, it's all... Poppycock farming. Exactly. Yeah, it's, a, it's all a poppycock farm. It's how we got to where we are. Let's be let's be straight about it. <laughs> it's so true. And the propaganda basically just keeps boosting their agenda and keeping us in the dark and keeping us from thinking for ourselves, essentially. My little experience was with an elderly gentleman who worked there, and he asked me politely, why did you opt out? And I said, well, I've done my research and these things are dangerous. He said, that's not what we're told. And I said, well, you might want to go back and look at that again. And I walked away. The last time that I opted out, Jason, the employee, he said, why are you opting out? Do you have a, a smartphone? And I said, no, I don't. And if I did, I wouldn't want to go inside of my smartphone, even just for a few seconds. I was like, did you know that your smartphone says that you shouldn't hold that thing directly up to your body? That the Warning labels literally say that you should not hold that up to your head. So why would you want to get inside of one and radiate your entire body when the warning label says not to hold this to your head, right? And then I just saw the wheels turning in his head, and he looked at me, and he has no answer. And then he gives me a pat down, but I could see that I might have actually planted that seed. And really, that's the life of an activist. You plant the seed, you pray that it gets in fertile ground, and that it can actually proliferate on its own but you can't sit around and water that seed and take care of it forever it's like we've got a lot of work to do so just drop that seed and, and hope and pray that it germinates on its own and that the conditions provide for it and that you can have someone waking up maybe just maybe you'll see that person a few years later and they'll have a whole new lifestyle you know they might actually ditch the bluetooth headphones and and maybe their co-worker got cancer and maybe maybe your little input changed their life forever you never know this is the crux of what we're facing here. You know, the internet came up and we were shown a glimpse of what it could be, truly an information age. Things were starting to change. But now, as we all know, it's become the controlled information age. And when we do an episode like this in hour one, you know, I, I'm almost to the point where I just, I don't care anymore. We'll say what we say because we have a right as living human beings. And I'll ask that question. So how is it that so many people walk through backscatter body scanners, not understanding the dangers of millimeter waves? How is it that so many people use cell phones, not understanding that you shouldn't be putting that thing next to your head? They even make fun of it in movies like Men in Black. Don't put that thing next to your head. You'll, you'll get tumors said right in the movie. Do we have a right to talk about these things? And while everyone listening is probably shaking their head, yes, we do. Truth of it is, is this information is controlled. Right now on YouTube, I pick up roughly 30 to 50 subs a month. I used to pick up two to 300 a day before the censorship came to town. I lose hundreds of subs every day, thousands every month 
I get endless notifications of people being unsubscribed, not wanting to be unsubscribed from this channel. That's information control, and I'm not going to make any bones about it. The question becomes, do we have a right to share information about things like millimeter waves, which have already been weaponized and used in military applications, I would point out. That's what this comes down to. And the truth of it is, is this is on you and it's on me. If we just kick back on our easy boy chairs and let all this information be controlled, then we get what we get. But to me, this topic is pretty critical. We're talking about waking up one day in a country where every home has a smart meter doing the same thing, emitting radiation, where every 500 to 1,000 feet, there's a booster antenna to echo more millimeter-sized waves out into the environment so 5G can be carried along. Um, and I just want to make that all perfectly clear. Anyhow. I'd like to answer your question, Crow, and I know it's kind of rhetorical. You say, how could this be possible? How could this information be restricted? Well, it seems unrelated, but it's actually not at all. And it happened to me this year. I'm 38 years old and I have a garden and my cilantro, it went to seed. And I was out there looking at my plants and I even um, pulled some cilantro seeds off of my cilantro and I took a little bite and lo and behold, my cilantro seeds were coriander. All right. And I started to reflect on this. And my biggest waking up when I first started learning about weather modification and digging deep and finding about Lyndon B. Johnson quoting that you control the weather, control the world, that was in 1962. My first waking up was on a farm. When I was working on this farm, I'd gotten a master's degree in business. I'd gotten a bachelor of science in marketing. I've done all this mainstream education, quote unquote, education system. But literally, I didn't know potatoes grew potatoes. And that was at the age of 35. At the age of 38 this year, I learned that coriander grows cilantro. All right. This is all something I should have known from my upbringing. My indoctrination process hid these truths from me. I didn't know that there were different varieties of lemons until this year. I'm 38 years old. I got a master's in business. <laughs> I graduated top of my class. I should know these things. Right? You don't need, you so don't need to know that to do business. <laughs> no, go, go ahead. <laughs> So I'm in the dark. I'm in the dark on these common things that would have me connected as a spiritual light being of, of information. And I'm living this spiritual life. I should actually be connected to the food that I eat, to the elements, to the weather, to the air, to the ground. But it's this disconnection that makes me not aware of, of geoengineering. It's this disconnection that makes me trust these cell towers and not question anything. It's this disconnect that allows for the propaganda to run rampant. Operation Mockingbird launched in the 1950s as an attempt to manipulate news and media, right? Well, this has been ongoing, and now we've got propaganda on top of propaganda on top of fake news on top of propaganda, and nobody can discern between what's real and what's false. And you know what they do? They throw their hands up in the air and they say, please just tell me what's real. And then they look to their smart device that pulses at a rate that actually disrupts your ability to think for yourself, actually puts you into a mind control state. And then you've got the FCC that comes out and says, no, don't think we're going to think for you. But then you've got certain little awakening momentums, call it. We've got the state of New Hampshire, for instance which I'd like to talk about. The state of New Hampshire 
even though the FCC comes out and tells the entire country, you're not allowed to talk about human health impacts. We're in charge. And the only thing that you can talk about with these cell towers is aesthetic. Is it pretty? Is it not pretty? Well, New Hampshire came out, and I like to talk about this every time I get in front of a city hall meeting or a town council or a county board of supervisors, because we really have to take this local, it's us to really speak or What's going to happen? This truth is going to be lost, and not a single person in the next generation is going to know that coriander grows cilantro. It, it's so obvious. I mean, you put it in the ground, and the coriander grows the plant, but I've been cooking with cilantro, cooking with coriander, and I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but if you're listening, this is a, the disconnect, the seed creating the plant, potatoes growing potatoes. It seems so simple, but once you're disconnected to your elements, you're disconnected to this rhythm. I talk to people talking about we're spiritual beings of rhythm, of frequency, of cycles. And Oh, no, we're not. And I said, oh, we're not beings of frequency. The sun goes up, the sun goes down. We go to sleep, we wake up. Try not sleeping for one week and tell me we're not beings of rhythm, beings of frequency, okay? We literally are these very delicate beings. And when we start to be told exactly how to think, there is this comfort in it. Oh, I can slip back into cognitive dissonance and I can just listen to what the propaganda machine tells me how to think and I'll turn on this Pixar film and I'll watch Smurfs the movie and Over the Hedge and Cars and Ants and what have you, The Matrix and Snowpiercer, and we can get into that. And then all of a sudden my mind gets to not even think for itself. Well, New Hampshire... Of all the states, New Hampshire stepped up and they said, actually, we're going to think for ourselves. And even though we're being told that we are not allowed to think for ourselves, we're actually going to establish a commission to study the environmental and health effects of evolving 5G technology. Not a single other state, town, city, or county had the balls to step up and actually say, I'm going to research this. We're going to think about our constituents and analyze whether this is unhealthy or not. All these other places were afraid of what telecom suing them. You know, there's no way that any of these lawsuits would actually hold up. If Verizon really took it all the way, they would be obliterated in court by class action liability suits showing the harmful aspects of this technology. So what New Hampshire did is they stepped up and said, okay, we've hired this commission. We've got all these different people stepping up and they're going to ask questions like, Why does the insurance industry recognize wireless radiation as a leading risk and has placed exclusions in their policies, not covering damages caused by the pathological properties of electromagnetic radiation? They also ask, why do cell phone manufacturers have in their legal section within the device saying to keep the phone at least five millimeters away from the body? Why have 1,000 or thousands, pardon me, why have thousands of peer-reviewed studies, including recently published U.S. toxicology program 16-year, $30 million study showing a wide range of statistically significant DNA damage, brain and heart tumors, infertility, and so many other ailments being ignored by the FCC. I got one more. Why are the FCC-sanctioned guidelines for public exposure to wireless radiation based only on thermal effects on the temperature of the skin and do not account for non-thermal, non-ionizing biological effects and radiation. Sorry. And finally, why are the FCC radio frequency exposure limits set in the United States 100 times higher than countries like Russia, China, Italy, Switzerland, and most of Europe? 
Okay, so most other cities and counties and states are afraid to even ask these pertinent questions because they're afraid of the FCC. What are they going to do? The spectrum auctioning agency might let big telecom sue us or something. And then what do you do? You countersue because you're looking out for your people. And then, you know, that's it. There's nothing really going to happen. But everyone is living in such fear. These yeah, local municipalities, they don't want to make any waves and they, they don't want to make national headlines because what are they? They're just these randomly voted in county board supervisors, these, these, these local politicians. They don't want to make a fuss or be these heroes. They just want their paycheck and to get out of there without making any big decisions. Well, I'll make a prediction here. Uh, n- nobody's going to sue the state of New Hampshire. And by the way, I guess words do have meaning. The motto of New Hampshire, there's a couple states in so-called New England where I am. Rhode Island's one of the strange ones. New Hampshire and Maine, too. But their motto is live free or die. Maybe they're starting to live up to these lofty ideals. But the point I would make is when you start to take apart the contracts and show that they're putting exclusions for the very reasons that are acting like don't occur, um, these get you can't defend that kind of crap in court. And as a matter of fact, this was the cart before the horse, this whole thing. All these laws got changed long before people had ever considered whether radiation of any sort from communication devices was terrible. They came in and did things like said, nobody can sue if they're damaged by what these cell towers are doing and other things like that. There have been other laws passed, and maybe you can clarify this, um, that said things like if you were in a state or a city municipality, this is coming and you have no authority to challenge it. So you can see what's happened here. They paved a road that didn't even exist long before the road was even put in, basically, trying to stifle everybody. But New Hampshire is a great example. And damn well, keep in mind what that state motto is. I've met people. I have family in New Hampshire. Live free or die are not empty words to a lot of these people. And when you pick the only state out of the United States that's going to stand toe-to-toe with the telecoms, that means something. But more than just meaning something, it also shows that the rest of us got a hole in our damn bucket, and we're not doing anything to fix it. But I mean, address the slew of legal precedents that were put in place long before anyone was beginning to realize the serious nature of 5G. Well, that's what they do. That's exactly how they control the beast, is they preemptively predictive program before chemtrails were even this massive awareness type thing. In 1999, the matrix comes out and completely hijacks the concept of blocking the sun. So this preemptive social engineering, normalization, desensitization, all of a sudden come 2000, 2001, the 21st century, you try to bring into people's world the idea of geoengineering as a bad idea or as a concept, and a lot of people already have this frame of reference. No, that's a science fiction movie. I temporarily suspended my disbelief when I went into the theater and paid that $12. This is reality. We live in a world of duality. So it's either a science fiction movie or my reality. And if you go and try to merge the two, when the people have already been programmed, like you said, with that paved road already down the line, then they've already got this preconceived notion. I've been encountering a lot of that with my new clothing line. There's already propaganda 
already laid out to disempower people. So immediately people are already talking about the disinformation about the, the microwave getting inside the t-shirt, inside the hat and bouncing around and causing even more damage than if you were not wearing the protective clothing. And on the peripheral, in the fear-based mind, yeah, maybe that sounds like something. But once you start to really understand and empower yourself with the very simple knowledge, it's like this. Microwave, radio waves, they're just like light. And if this light is harmful, what do you want to do? You want to create a shade from that light. So my clothing line, Sparrow, which is the Latin word for hope, S-P-E-R-O, it's Italian for I hope. Please check out SparrowApparel.com, SparrowProtectionClothing.com, also the same website. A lot of resources on there as well for grounding, circadian rhythm, and all this information that's extremely relevant. And then when we start to really do our research, we can learn, well, in Rifon, California, there was a cell tower on top of a school. Six children got sick, cancerous. Three teachers got sick. The community rallied together, removed the cell tower, and the people started to recover. I mean, the proof is literally in the pudding. But in terms of this propaganda, psychological manipulation, as far as the disinformation program for the protective clothing, for instance, already people were conditioned that the protective clothing won't work. And already people are, like, before the concept has even come to the consciousness, they already think it won't work because of the propaganda disinformation campaign. It's like this. If you want shade from the sun because you've been getting a lot of sun and you're getting sunburned, all right, to say you went inside or you got an umbrella or you put on a sweatshirt, if the light got inside, even if your sweatshirt's made out of mirrors or something, even though the deflective silver material isn't like that, it's not mirrors, but, but how could someone think that the, that the sunlight's going to get inside your article of clothing and bounce around so much that then it's going to burn your skin? It's well, not that, like that. Just, just on the face of it, if that was how those waves acted in the first place, it's making them worse than they even are. Because we know that the millimeter waves don't continuously go through your body and ricochet back. Um, we also know that they need an antenna to be boosted. But there's another normalization going on here that started, as far as I can tell, in the early 70s under Richard M. Nixon when he took this country's medical care system from not-for-profit, any human being deserves medical care, to for-profit with Kaiser Permanente. From that point forward, the foundation was laid for what we now see the telecoms doing. The telecoms are passing laws saying, if you get cancer because of our systems, you don't have the right to sue us. The normalization that I'm referring to has worked beautifully with what the hospitals for profit idea. You see, now most people in this country are convinced that if you're too poor for to afford medical care, then you don't deserve it. And I'm here to tell you that's a perversion of what it means to be a human being if you can look at your fellow man or woman and have that kind of thought because they don't have cash. They don't deserve medical care. I mean, come on, come back down to a human level of common sense. But you see... The normalization on the other side is basically that business matters and your health does not. And this is a big part of what I associate with 5G or look at look at the airports. Perfect example. If the airports gave a damn about their customers, they would be very concerned with how unhappy people are to fly right now. And yet they don't do a single thing to make it more tolerable to fly. And they constantly add more reasons why it's going to be a major pain. And every idea they're using to further this agenda was built from a poppycock farm, not just a partial poppycock farm, a hundred percent poppycock farm for those who have a brain to follow. My point being is that 
when we get normalized in the same way the hospital idea normalized us, where tons of people figure, well, that person's so poor, they don't deserve to be healthy. That's where we're headed here, where the idea is that this infrastructure is so critically important so everyone can download YouTube videos on their cell phones that it doesn't matter if people are getting cancer because that's not as important. That's the kind of normalization that I'm referring to. Exactly. It's this profits over people, desensitization. And you really struck something with me when you talked about how um, making people sick actually seems like a business. If you look at telecom industry and then you look at big pharma, the telecom industry actually has more money than big pharma. And between the FCC, these governmental bodies, and then these private institutions of the telecom industry, there's actually this revolving door where they're giving each other kickbacks and making all this money off of each other. And one goes in, one goes out, and it's it's complete um, conflict of interest. But then if you take a look at the bigger picture, well, what if we incorporate big pharma? Well, you've got the telecom industry actually making people sick, profits over people. So then telecom is actually working directly with big pharma, with the healthcare system, making the people sick, pointing the finger at something else and keeping the system going with the propaganda machine and what have you. And now we've got 5G rolling out. We're going to have an uptick in people being even more sick. And then they're going to, the elephant in the room is going to be the cell tower on your doorstep and they'll continue to blame whatever air pollution from China is what I always hear when people talk about all these problems. And I just scoff at them and look at the lines in the sky and whatnot and ask them, who's your child vaccinated, what have you. But either way, think about all the corporations interlinked and all the money involved. I'm sure there's a much bigger agenda than compartmentalization. I bet they're all working together if you really look at it all. Well, what's so funny about the communication control that we see now here in the West so heavily on the internet is back in 2008, I was trying to write articles to see if I could actually introduce true news to the news cycle. Here's the kill switch that I couldn't, they wouldn't approve any real news. Anything I wrote had to be already backed up by true, quote, reputable sources. In other words, if I came up with some new news, it couldn't run because there was no two other places to back it. This is how they insulate their nonsense. But at the time, I was out filming all those lines in the sky, all that geoengineering, and taking a parade of nonsense online from all the people that told me I was crazy, told me I was a conspiracy theorist. And so I finally found an article in 2008 where China had a weather modification bureau in place for when the Olympics were there. The Weather Modification Bureau made such a huge mistake that in 2009, you can still look this up, they caused a massive blizzard, which cost millions in damage, fully admitted that the Weather Modification Bureau did this. And yet all the way back here in Hicksville, United States, where people quit thinking a few decades ago, I could post the actual link to the news article that admitted they had a Weather Modification Bureau and it caused a blizzard and no one would accept chemtrails. Of course, it doesn't matter now. They're admitted. But this is the point I'm making about places like this first hour will run on YouTube, where their main primary concern is to control information. How the hell is it that it is open knowledge in China that they're modifying weather, but here people still want to argue against what's already been admitted outright? And this is where 5G comes into play. There are plenty of sources people could go to look up 5G You don't have to be an ex-radio operator in the Marine Corps to get at this information. And yet, I'm willing to bet that 98% of everybody listening has a smartphone half the size of their face in their pocket. 
not understanding because of the information control on this side of the world. Jason, what would you add as we get ready to wrap up here? We are actually at the top of the hour here, so what I would like to do is for Matt to take a moment to explain what his clothing line actually does, and then all of his contact information for our one listeners. Thank you so much. So what Sparrow is, is it's a proactive, peaceful alternative to being bombarded with electromagnetic frequency radiation. This silver material, which all sparrow clothing is lined with silver. And the catchphrase is, wherever there's hope, there's always a silver lining. The silver material acts like an armor, deflecting harmful radiation so that we don't bioaccumulate this radiation in our body and later have impacts from it. So as we enter into this era of 5G, we want to mitigate our radiation while we can. So please check out my website, S. P-E-R-O, protectionclothing.com. We have more clothing coming. Right now we have hats and a cell phone Faraday case. And also, Jason and, and Crow, you guys give me your address, and I'm happy to share with you the products that I already have. I'll ship them on over to you. Please find me on Facebook and YouTube, Matt Landman. All right, let's do this, Matt. Go to the first hour on YouTube and make sure you post links there. Go to crow777radio.com as a member. Make sure you post links there if you would. If your account is expired, let me know. I will renew it. Anyhow, that brings hour one of episode 181 to a close. When we come back, we're going to address a hell of a lot more things head on because we can. Although I think the day is coming when I address whatever the hell I want, wherever the hell I want, because I've about had it with the censorship and copyrights on things I have rights to use. It's nonsense. It's out of hand. All of this is out of hand. And it's not much to ask for a world that abides by common sense. And really, that's all we're asking for. So anyhow, join us over at crow777radio.com for hour two of 181 with Matt Landwin and Jason Lindgren getting deep into 5G and weather modification. Cheers. Thank you.